the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, welcome back, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. We have five lines available. We've got Tom on one of them, and there's four open lines. You're welcome to join us at 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. If you have a car question or a car problem, or if it, we especially, Nate and I, Nate from Strictly Diesel and I, like it when the husband says this and the wife says this, and they want us to just settle the, the, uh, the, the, the dispute, I guess. <laughs> That's an entertaining day. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a normal day, am I? What the heck? <laughs> so 602-508-0960. Let me just clear the air real quick. Tom, you stay right there. Um, in our industry, we used to bring you in every 3,000 miles for an oil change, and we did virtually everything in the first 100,000 miles. So we changed all your fluids, your coolant, your differential, your transmission, um, uh um, what else am I missing in the fluid size? Yeah, all of it. And all of it. And so we had a whole bunch of work we could do to your car. And, again, we got to we got to clip your hair in the old vernacular, clip your hair uh, every 3,000 miles. And most of you didn't come in at 3,000 miles. So, you know, it, it, it. today it's different. What's going on right now is is we have 15,000-mile oil change intervals, and we're not doing any of the fluids till 100,000 miles. That's going to create the opportunity for some people in the auto repair business to try to convince you that the rules have changed to your detriment. Nate, would you agree that the fluids we have today that go 100,000 miles are really the best we've ever seen? I would agree with that statement, but it, it kind of boils down to you still got to take care of it. So You're right. Yeah, how do you treat the vehicle? What do you use it for? Is it a daily commuter? Do you tow with it? As long as you take care of it, it's going to take care of you, whether it's 50,000 miles or 20. So. And you can abuse it no matter what oil's in it. You yeah. Can, you can, and you can yeah. run the EGTs up till you melt all the pistons. You can do all of that kind of stuff. But but I think you'll agree that there is less chance. Well, no. There's going to be a lot less visits with the newer model vehicles over the last five, even some, some guys will argue 10 years, because we just don't have those stopping points we used to have. Right. And sure. so w- when we have guys say, don't use synthetic oils because sometimes it throws trouble because that bothers me. I don't like that. Yeah. It's not true. It's just not true. And if it was true, I would know it, you would know it, and so would half the guys in town that own shops. Right. So it's re- and then, of course, synthetic oil, if you're going to go on an oil change for at twelve to 15,000 miles, it's your responsibility to check the oil every once in a while because it's entirely possible that you're going to be, you're going to need a quart or maybe two in the 15,000 miles. Maybe. Newer model vehicles, probably not. I don't know about yours, but I don't ever add oil mine in mine on a 12,000 mile oil change. No. But I, how many miles, how many quarts does your diesel hold? 
currently the one I'm driving now is 15. So. Okay. What's mine? My 12. You're 12. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the, it it is it is something that's different, but um, folks beware of the the in the motivations of repair shops and car repair facilities when they ask you to deviate from the owner's manual and almost always it benefits them and not you. And, and, uh, and of course, but there's a lot of gray haired guys that don't like synthetic transmission fluids. So they want to put the conventional in, but we can't let them go hundred K with conventional. They got to come in at the 30 Yeah. and your transmission's probably not going to shift perfectly because it doesn't have the fluid it was designed for. Exactly. So those are the kind of things, Tom, how can we help you, buddy? Thank you for holding. Uh, yes, sir. Love your show. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I have a 06 uh, Duramax, and the brake pedal goes all the way to the floor. Um, I actually um, bled all the brakes, and it it worked for a little while, but it's still going all the way down to the floor. You think that could be a massive cylinder? Well, let me ask you a couple questions. Can you pump it up? If you pump it and then let go and count to two or three and then pump it and let go, can you change the pedal height? Uh, just a little bit, and then it will go all the way back down again. Okay. Um, did, when you pump it, and does the red brake light ever pop on on the dashboard? Uh, no, it doesn't, no. Okay. I'm thinking it's got a master. I, I'm thinking out loud that... The proportioning valve, if we had uneven pressure front to rear, we would have popped that valve and turned that red brake light on, but I he says so. he hasn't. Right. So there is a procedure, and we have sophisticated equipment where we can pressurize your brake system and we can flush it and do all that kind of stuff. I think the possibility – here's what I hear you saying. The pedal stops at different places at different times, the brake pedal. Is that right? Correct, yes. Okay. Then you have air in the system. That's all there is to it, right? It sounds like air. Yeah. yeah. It, Possibly a master cylinder, but sounds like air. Now, you could have pushed the master cylinder in your brake, braking bleeding application. You could have pushed the master cylinder cups into an area they've never been before. And in that area they've never been before is a whole lot of mud. And so you're bleeding the brakes. And what we try to do on vehicles is we try not to stroke it to all the way to the floor. So the guy underneath is going to say, pump it up, hold it. Nate says, I'm holding, I'm going to open the bleeder, and then Nate's going to go, okay, and I'm going to close it. I'm not going to let Nate's foot go all the way to the floor. And so the, that communication is between us. Now, he uses bad words, and I don't. So um, that's the only – I'm giving you the verbatim. Dis, dis, the, yeah. <laughs> but in your particular case, if you wanted to do, I would start with the right rear and work towards the left front. And I would do a couple of, you know, uh, is your wife helping you? Who's helping you pump? Who, who's helping you pump? No, the no, no, it, it was just a friend of mine. Okay. So you don't want him to rapid pump the brake pedal. Push and hold. Tell me when it's firm. Count to five. Let the brake pedal come up. Count to five. Let us suck fluid into the master reservoir or from the reservoir into the master cylinder pump area. Pump it again. Do you feel it firm? Hold it there. I'm going to bleed. Everything's smooth. Everything's slow. No rapid pumping. And, and then when he, when he feels the pedal move, he, he doesn't wait, you know, 1,001, 1,002. Okay, Nate, cut it off there. Thank you. And then we move from there. 
that's how we think you're going to get out of this mess you're in. Okay. Okay. Appreciate that. And one one other question. I also had a have a uh, another uh, Chevy um, Mini Max that takes the depth fill. Um, Nate, can can I change um, for emissions? Can I uh, put a catch can in there? Will it change emissions? I mean, will it affect anything on that? Catch can for what? For, well, for the depth field, to, to eliminate the, putting the depth field in the, in the oh uh, when I fill it up. Unfortunately, we're stuck with the depth, so trying to change that or do anything with it was is just going to cause you grief. So it is. You're you're going to yeah. be sorry for messing with the depth. Yeah. Diesel exhaust fluid. Um, w- just quickly, and you correct me because sometimes I don't get it exactly right. Um, w- when it comes to diesel exhaust fluid, we have a particulate filter. And we're, we're measuring pressure front and rear, and we're measuring temperature front and rear on most applications. I'm trying to cover everybody. What, we're going to use the DEF to light the fire to burn the carbon up. So, No, we're going to use diesel fuel to light it up. There you go. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. We're going to use diesel fuel to light it up, and, and, we're, and the purpose of it is to burn the carbon and send it out the tailpipe, and the DEF is going to be on the backside. Yes. And that's going to help the flame as well. Well, it's, it's not so much the flame, but it's changing what's coming out the tailpipe. Okay. We want more oxygen than anything, and, and that's what the DEF comes in. Okay. So. But there's a heck of a fire going on. There is a heck of a fire, for <laughs> there sure. Is, yeah. And, and it's really unwise, and I, I, I can't speak for Nate, but I can't, I'm pretty sure I can. Neither one of us will mess with the DE, a DEF system. We won't do anything to, to, to take it out of service or anything. We do work on them, and they're not that hard to work on. And it's not that bad of an idea. It's no power. It's not a yeah. power loss. No. It's not costing you any fuel economy or power. No. Other than the fact that we are using some diesel fuel on the front side to get the fire really going. Right. But the, but actually, they do that in gasoline cars as well. So I, I don't know. Are you just unhappy with your DEF system, or are you boggled by all the different uh, people talking about it? Well, yeah, probably all the people talking about it. Yeah, okay. you know, because they, they mentioned catch cans, so I don't know what it relates to on that. I think you're bypassing the, the death part of it, I think, with the fluid part. Yeah, I think that when you do that, you run a risk of tearing up your exhaust system and melting your system down and causing big problems. And wait till you have to buy everything from the engine back to the tailpipe. I mean, you're talking thousands of dollars. So I want to go over it one more time, though, for me. We're gonna. The first portion of it is is the catalytic converter. Catalytic converter first. Okay, cats first, and so we're gonna use raw diesel fuel to set that on fire. Well, no, the cat, the diesel fuel goes through that. Right. When we get to the DOC or the DPF, whichever one's first. Particulate filter. Particulate filter. Some some are different, but that's where the light off happens. Is that collects the diesel fuel and it lights, and burns off all the soot that's been built up inside that filter. Okay. So. Yeah, once it goes through those two items, then it hits the DEF doser or injector, if you will. Uh-huh. And the injector's there to help clean up temperatures and emissions after after the, after the fact. So. so we're using fuel from the tank, and we're using DEF to help clean up what comes out of the tailpipe. It's and all about what comes out the tailpipe. And, 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 yeah. and really and truly, it can't possibly cost you any horsepower because it's stuff that's happening after the engine. So and and the only time it will cause you is if we have a meltdown of the catalytic converter or if we have a meltdown of the particulate filter and we plug the exhaust and you run out of power. How often do you see that a year? 
Uh, twice. That's same with us. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Tw- yeah. Maybe twice a year we see that, and it's almost always because of the nut behind the wheel did it. <laughs> They didn't. Right. They tried to drive it another 100 miles home with a big horse trailer or a bunch of hay right. on the back. That's usually the case. It's it's it's. And he he ran the hell out of it and smoked the whole exhaust system. Right. And and collapsed all the metal and melted everything. Right. So. Right. Now, how how accurate should I rely on the uh, on the system when it says uh, when it gets down to like 40 percent, uh, or when, when should I add depth? I mean. Is there a certain point? Can I let it get down to ten percent? Is that okay? Absolutely, you can add depth as little or as or as a lot as you want to. Uh, typically, yeah. on my truck, I added when it was a half a tank. So you know, but it all depends on your comfort level and what you're going to do with the truck. If you're towing with it often, that's when it's going to use more. So, like, if you're ready to go from here to Flagstaff, I would probably fill it up just to make sure you don't go to ten percent, and then that shuts the truck down. So. It, they they tend to get a little more upset when they're at the lower level with DEF, the truck. Uh, so keeping the tank on the fuller side, in my mind, is is less hassle. So it's no different than the gas tank in a car. Exactly. You just don't want to run off the bottom of the tank. So just I mean, you you can you tell you know where the tank is at, the DEF tank is at. So if if it were me, I don't have a DEF truck because I got a twelve. So we didn't have DEF. But for me, I would have probably not let it get below a quarter. I, that would be out of my comfort zone. So right. I would want to work between a quarter and full and stay on the top side. And for what it's worth, the, the gauges on those systems aren't necessarily the most accurate either. So, if, yeah, quarter tank is a good rule. So It could be an eighth okay. of a tank is what you're saying. Yeah, it could be. It could be an eighth yeah. of a tank. All righty. Well, good luck, Tom. Thank you very much. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. The phone lines are wide open. There's five of them. Nate from Strictly Diesel sitting here next to me. Between the two of us, we've probably got in excess of 50, 60 years of working on gas and diesel vehicles. And um, and we're here to help you. And we don't have an agenda, so this is not like we're trying to get your business. We're trying to give you good advice. And part of that in, involves the communication between you and us. So what kind of car or truck you got? And tell me the argument you got with your wife or your husband or your brother in New Hampshire. And we'll go from there. 602-508-0960. Hello. I'm Greg May, owner of Phoenix Body Works. For 35 years, we've been demonstrating our workmanship, our honesty, our integrity, and our exceptional customer service. We are blessed to have so many repeat customers who refer their friends and family. We have ethical, loyal technicians who have been with us for years. They are ICAR certified, which means they are up to date on the latest technology and techniques. So your repairs meet or exceed industry standards. Our technicians are truly part of our family. We are very capable of fixing your car. We pull off damaged parts. We pull your frame and body mounts back to where they should be. Then we install the new parts. We align both the front and rear end. Then your car is back to the way it was when new. Our customers come from all over the valley. I'm Greg May. Remember, it's your vehicle. You pick the shop, not the insurance company. Phoenix Body Works. We want to be your collision repair specialist. Call us, 623-582-1434, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on Saturday. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. This is attorney William J. Wolf, host of Middle East Radio Forum, heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. This Sunday on Middle East Radio Forum, we will address the subject... 
accepting the inevitability of a failed peace process, an iconoclastic perspective. Sunday on Middle East Radio Forum. That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot. America, welcome home the brave. The brave men and women who serve their country are coming home. Home to their cities and towns. Home to their mountains and valleys. Home to their families and friends. Home to America. Some of these warriors are coming home with wounds you can see, and some with wounds you can't see, like post-traumatic stress disorder. Wounded Warrior Project was created to provide the support these wounded veterans need to ensure their return to America is well-adjusted and successful. But we need your help to ensure that our mission is a success. Help us honor and empower these wounded warriors. Contact us at findwwp.org. America, welcome home the brave. Welcome back, everybody. 20 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Every Saturday I'm here talking about car, car repair issues. And this weekend, it was my pleasure to bring, and, and he's still here, by the way, is Nate from Strictly Diesel Service and Repair. He's up at I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road. And uh, he works on the Chevys, the Fords, and the Dodges. And I'm not going to ask him which one he works on the most and which one has the highest bill because I already know it's Ford anyway. So nevertheless... <laughs> I, I couldn't. No, I, I couldn't pass that up. I yeah, couldn't pass, couldn't that, pass up. that up. So, and it's not true. I'm just teasing him. But anyway, yeah. strictly diesel service and repair. Nick's a good guy. If you're up in the North Phoenix area and you need help with your diesel, then certainly they do service repair and parts on both foreign and domestic diesels. We have a full bank of lines. Let's go to Bob. Bob, you're first. Morning, guys. My Morning. son has a 2014 GMC Sierra with the 5.3. You know, with the active fuel management. Uh huh. And he hasn't had any problems. You know, with he's got one hundred thirteen thousand. You read, I know you see the internet always exaggerates everything, but everybody says you got to disable that. You know, active fuel management and stuff, where it goes to four cylinders from eight. You know, there's so much bad information. Yeah, there's just so much bad information in in the internet. It's just hard to even comment on any of it. There's all kinds of people out there. There's these little hairy-chested guys that wouldn't know a a, a piston uh, from a a, a C-clip of a of a wrist pin, and they're out there giving all kinds of advices. There's no checks and balances in the system, and so let me just change your question, Nate. Does your wife, by chance, drive an active? <laughs> no, she does not. Okay, if you had that, or if your daughter had it, or if your family had it, would it be? Would you deactivate? The active? I would not. I, and I wouldn't either. There's yeah. so much risk associated with that. You start flooding the catalytic converter with raw fuel. You've got all these dynamics going on. And why wouldn't we exercise all the moving components of that system? And why wouldn't we benefit from the fuel economy savings and the least amount of air pollution? For what it's worth, he's got a lot of miles on that motor already, so it sounds like he's got a good one. You know, Most of the time I hear the mileage that those have issues, and, and he's... Well past that. Oh, so. well past it. Well yeah, past so it. So whatever he's doing, he's doing right. And 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 it's 
it's it's my experience and it's my opinion that the active management typically are going to need some work at 100,000 mile intervals but let's not lose sight of that that's four times around the equator yeah. four times you've driven the equator four times let's not lose sight of that it's right. not like grandma moses going between prescott and the aj bayless right so yeah anyway bob we we say i got uh, one more question can i have one more question yep you know the owner's manual doesn't say but should you change the pcv valve like as a maintenance thing would you do yeah. that or just B- both of us are shaking their head yes how yes. often do you do yours us uh, Sixty thousand, and and I do mine. I think every other oil change. Oh wow! I do mine every. Oh, they're like what five yeah. bucks? You know, yeah, they're not true. much money. That's true. And 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 the PCV valve positive crankcase ventilator has a lot to do with how much pressure's inside the engine and how much we can vent, which re- eliminates oil leaks. Well, I'm a guy that hates oil leaks, so if the tailgate's got spots on it, Alan's going to be fired when I get back to work. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. But no PCV valve. If it's not in your owner's manual, you can do every other oil change. You could do every third oil change. You could. There's a lot of different things you can do because the, the, the cost here is in, in, insignificant. If, if you're one not to change the oil, then do it more often. But if you change your oil regularly, I would say that valve would stay cleaner and, and you should be fine for an extended interval. But if it's peace of mind, it's, yeah. how much can it be? It's exactly. less than 10 bucks. Yeah, so, exactly. Anyway, Bob, thanks very much. St- Sean, you're up next. Sean, how can we help you? Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, my wife has a 2016 Toyota Camry and she tells me that it's the alignment's off. So I drive it, and I'm like, no, it's fine. A few weeks go by, she's like, hey, that alignment's off. I drive it, no, it's fine. <laughs> Finally, I drive it, and I'm like, hey, the alignment's off. Um, so I got an intermittent alignment issue. Intermittently, it's pulling to the right. So I'm kind of educate me, if you can, on what some of the possibles are with, with this. Did you happen to notice when it pulls right what the crown of the road was? And and were you on a different road than what you normally were? No, I tested all that kind of stuff. Okay. It's it's definitely you know, resetting itself in. Are are like the, the are today. the wear patterns on both front tires good? Yeah, they're brand new. Okay. How about the old ones that were taken off? Did we have a little bit of outside edge wear on both front tires, which I would expect that we would? Plays over uh, when you turn I right don't, and rough. I don't recall. Okay, I can't answer your question because um, it's it's this is such a subjective thing. You're saying the alignment's off, but really, we would put it on the rack. We would check to see what the alignment readings are. We do what we call a caster swing. So we'd swing left and swing right, and we'd look to see if those at those two angles. We'd look at tire wear issues. We'd check wheel bearings. This is all part of an alignment check. But um, rarely do we have anything that comes and goes that isn't the hard part, and the hard part is usually found defective during the inspection that goes hand-in-hand with the uh, with the alignment. I, I would yeah. definitely have it inspected. This, and, and this is one of those electric parts. assist things. Okay. So it seems like it, I don't know, it seems like it's setting itself. Well, now you just throw in an electronic steering. And um, and and so now now the question is 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 it an alignment issue, Sean, or is it a steering issue, Sean? And and what has to happen is is somebody has to be in front of somebody who's worked on those, and being able to answer questions, perhaps you or your wife or whoever the whoever the person that experiences it the most, because if you have electronic steering and you have a problem at at times where you don't have assist, that 
that throws it out of the alignment arena in a heartbeat. So yeah, uh, that... yeah, it, it seems electronic because if you turn it off and restart it, then it's fine. Hmm. Okay, well that's a reboot, and oftentimes there's uh, there could I mean I can't I can't fix it over the radio. This is one of those things that you have to go in and look and see what kind of software it's got in it. Is there any updates for that steering? If they, if they are, are the symptoms match the symptoms that you have on your plate? And is this new version 4.172 an appropriate one? And what's the downside? What are people reporting that this is not a good? Because uh, it happens a lot. We'll do yeah. a, a software update, and we're we're really sorry. And 99 times out of 100, you can't back up the software that uh, the update you just did. So you have all those moving parts. So I think the best thing for you to do is have somebody shake down the front end, and let's make sure that we don't have anything mechanical that's disguised as some kind of an electronic steering. From there, then certainly I'd want to know what kind of version software we have in that electronic steering and see what's available. Got to run, though, Sean. Thank you. Good luck to you. And that was a good good question. Yeah, we haven't had question. one like that before. Uh, Steve, can we get the question real quick? You sure can. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm a for, I'm a former seven three power stroke Ford guy. I'm sorry. I cur- I cur- <laughs> I currently have a 2012 six seven Cummins in a Ram 3500 Dually. Okay. And my and my thing is on the Fords, I religiously ran, and I know Mark doesn't like to hear about the miracle juices, but I was. Uh, very religious of run, running the appropriate amount of stanodyne through my Ford, and I've continued it with uh, with my Dodge. And my service manager, I live in Cave Creek, and I choose to drive to a Tempe shop. And Alan doesn't like stanodyne either, but I'm having a hard time of breaking myself. What do I do? That's a great question. <laughs> yeah, I, I I am not an additive guy. I I'm not an additive guy. I never have been an additive guy, and and I'll tell you why. I have such a huge background in oils, and I have been trained, and I have certificates and stuff like that. And we can cause big problems. We'll be back right after this. Stay right there. We'll be back. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Due to the volatility in the geopolitical landscape and impacts of COVID variants, it's virtually impossible to guess what the market will do next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. 
Want to see the next big stock market moves in advance? Text the word MONEY to 813-813 to learn how our AI analyzes over 1 million data points per day. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 so you can learn how to predict stock market trends up to three days ahead with incredible accuracy. Whether you're trading stocks, options, forex, futures, or crypto, Vantage Point's patented artificial intelligence can give you a massive edge. Text MONEY to 813-813 to find out how to protect your capital and maximize gains. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 and time your entries and exits to perfection. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 813-813 now. By texting in, you consent to receive calls, voice, and text messages using automated technology regarding offers by or on behalf of Vantage Point. I'm a veteran. My victory was admitting I had PTSD and getting help. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. I no longer see it as a weakness, but as a sign of strength. I call it post-traumatic growth. DAV provides a lifetime of support, helping veterans of every generation get the benefits they've earned. I am a veteran. I lost both legs in Vietnam. Every year, DAV helps more than a million veterans so they can reach victories great and small. My victory was getting my benefits and a good education. I'm a veteran. When I got out, I felt like Nora was safe. My victory was finding the help I needed. But there's more to be done and more victories to be won. Thanks to DAV, now I feel like I'm human again. Help support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Hey kids, let mom help with your science project. This new mom wants her kids' science project to thrive. Too bad she hasn't cracked a science book since 1985. A metathesis reaction? Compounds, mixtures, and elements. Even this baking soda volcano is too big of an experiment. Whoa. Now she's completely forgotten the periodic table. Now she's burning a hole through the kitchen table. Burning with science. But her kids' love for the mom is truly transparent. Proof you don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. Don't tell Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Lots of second and third and fourth generation families run in auto repair shops. And the only shop in Mesa that I can refer you to is Thompson's Auto Repair. First of all, Brian and Thelma come from the Vivian and the Thompson family, and they've been pouring gasoline and doing gas station work, and, and they had base in the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s. They go back a long time. So Brian and Thelma were born and raised smelling gasoline at the dinner table. That's the way it is. So I would love to be able to tell you about two or three different shops geographically located throughout Mesa that really tickle my fancy and that I could honestly say, hey, you can use them, they're good people, but I can't. I can tell you about Thompson's Auto Repair. He's on Main Street just east of Stapley, and I promise they'll treat you good. Steve, we've had the opportunity to argue this um, at the break, and, 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 and I think it's fair to say that 
I'm a little to the left of you. You're a little to the right of me. Sure. Um, but the, here's the question that I threw at my uh, my best buddy here, Nate, is tell me the last time you spent money fixing a vehicle where lubricity would have eliminated the problem. That's hard to say. That's okay. hard to answer. Okay. And that, that's yeah. why I ask you. Exactly. <laughs> well, you got to be like that. Anyway. <laughs> You know, without having the injector sent out and studied and put under a microscope, it's hard to say which one would have benefited or not. Mm-hmm. Again, looking at mileage where we do these repairs, it's time for a set of injectors or a pump or whatever anyway. But we don't have any science that says if you would have used a lubricity additive that we would have added 25% to the life of your injectors and your pump. We don't have any of that. Yeah. And and then I don't know what the cost associated of that with or what kind of hard drive space it takes between my ears to be able to remember to put some lubricity additive in it and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not a real fan. I, I remember Maury's oil additive. Vaguely, Which yeah. was yeah. like an STP. Yeah. We've had all kinds of, all kinds of tinkering of fluids for transmissions and power steerings. We had... You know, the the power steering stop leak, you know what the power steering stop leak really was? No. Brake fluid. Oh. It swells rubber. Sure. That's it. Yeah. You could have done a tablespoon of brake fluid. So we don't do the lubricity stuff, and I'm going to agree with Alan that I think it's a false sense of security. I think you think that if you put it in the tank, your truck's going to love you and never let you down. And I'm here to tell you, if you're driving a Ford, that chances of that happening are slim and none. But a Dodge, I, I would say differently. Steve, for what it's worth, I used to be a Stanodyne addict with my 7.3 as well. Um, I've gone away from Stanodyne over the years. I think they stayed in the 90s, and everybody else went past them, my opinion. Uh, do you there add are, a lubricity to it? I do add a lubricity additive What's to my brand? tank. What's it's it? a BG Okay, okay, fair Kenzen enough. Kenzen Leslie's. Uh, there's also other additives that we have at the shop that are also available. Uh, I do not sell the Stanodyne currently. So, okay. again, I, just... I bought, I've, I've also heard that any, it didn't matter if it's Penn's oil or what, but I had heard that a half a quart of ATF in the tank would do similar things that the Stanodyne does. I just, need to make one more, I, just, yes, I just need to make one more comment sure. concerning shops, if you don't mind, in my closing. Okay. Uh, my comment is, I live in Cave Creek. I have a comfort zone with a Tempe shop, and my service manager is Alan. I don't, I, I don't know if you want me to name shops, but the thing is with this shop, when they look at my truck and when it's in for a repair or if it's just an oil change, these guys will tell me and they evaluate the truck. Hey, Steve, we need to do this today. We need to do this in about 30 days, and this can wait about 10,000 miles. I'm sick and tired of the shops, whether it's my Dooley, whether it's my wife's XLR Cadillac. I'm sick of the shops that give me a kitchen grocery list and make me feel that I can't drive the car off the service drive. And I thank my Tempe shop for that. Well, thank, thank you. And I wrote down all the uh, the, the time 
markers of this conversation, and I'll I'll cut it out of the show and give it to him. He's talking about us, obviously, <laughs> in Tempe. And uh, and 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 here's why why you, we do what we do is because of the damn tyrant that runs the company and make sure that they understand that the customer's needs are in front of our own. And we're to give them the best advice. And if you're going to be selling Stanodyne lubricity fluid, you better have it in your truck, Alan. And you better have it, and I better see it. And the fact of the matter well, is, is we do what we do to your truck as we do to our own trucks. And so I'm up against a break. i got to run. But I understand what he's saying with respect to some comfort zone. Absolutely. And there's lots. Of, and, and I'm just, for me... It's just not worth the aggravation. If I have to put a pump and an injectors on it at 180 or 200,000 miles, I'm okay with that. Right. I'm okay with that. Absolutely. I'll just do it and do it then and be done with it. Yeah. But I'm not going to try. And then I'm not going to feel really bad because I spent all this money on a lubricity additive for my fuel and then turn around and have the same problem and wonder how many of my extra miles did it give me. I, I, I just not. Right. I don't like those kinds of things. Right. Stay right here, Nate. We'll be back in a minute. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Hi, this is Sam Stone, the host of Broken Potholes, the show that crashes head-on into the disastrous progressive policies destroying our greatest cities and in time our country. Ours is like no other show on the air. You'll hear the truth about what the left is trying to do to destroy our republic what we can do to fight back, and we're going to have some fantastic guests on every week. That's Broken Potholes every Saturday, 3 p.m., right here on 960 The Patriot. They knock us down. We get stronger. They try to silence us, but our voice just got louder. The new wave is coming. We've succeeded. People just don't want to recognize it because it challenges their narrative. It challenges their assumption. So they got to try to find a boogeyman. Brace socialism. They think it's great. If you want to go outside and celebrate Joe Biden, if you want to kick around a pillowed effigy of Donald J. Trump, that's perfectly safe. The tech overlords censoring our speech, right? I call this diet fascism. They say, you can't see this. You can't see this. We're doing it to protect you. It's for it's for your safety. Speaker Pelosi was holding the American people hostage for political gain. This was never about what was best for the American people, never about honest policy disagreement. It was about preventing President Trump from getting any credit. It was about politics. Candace, DeSantis, Crenshaw. Really, the conservative voice has never been stronger. 960 The Patriot, a voice that speaks for you. When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Sometimes my parents have to take me to the hospital. Today, one out of 13 children suffer from some form of asthma, accounting for nearly one-third of all emergency room visits. I feel like I'm choking. It's kind of like an elephant is on my chest. A little whistle sound comes out when I breathe. But while your child may suffer from asthma, asthma doesn't have to make your child suffer. There are simple ways you can prevent your child's next attack. To learn more, call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. That's 1-866-662-8822. Log on to www.noattacks.org or call your doctor. Because even one attack is one too many. I feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA, the Ad Council, and this station. Dad? This is fun. 
I didn't think I liked kayaking. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. But I think it's time to head back in. Okay. Can we come back? Sure. Hey, be careful getting out of the boat. It's a kayak, Dad. <laughs> I'm going to return the kayak. Can we walk home? How about a taxi? It's a short fare from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman to save money. We need a new stuntman! You just need feedthepig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 43 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock, and I'm true to my word. I'm going straight to Bobby. Bobby, I'm sorry. Um, I, I will take all the time with you I need. What? Uh, what? Where? How can I help you? I just wanted to add my two cents to the uh, discussion on semi-synthetic oils. Sure. And I noticed they don't call it semi-synthetic anymore. They call it synthetic blend. That's because so, they won't tell us means if it's... it's... <laughs> yeah, it probably means it's not really semi-synthetic. Synthetic. I mean, semi by definition means half. But um, I agree what, with the. What's you, wrong uh, with just mixing conventional oil with uh, synthetic? If you want a true, you know, fifty-fifty mix. If you want that true, semi-synthetic. Okay, that's a great question, and I have an answer for you. We have so many molecules of detergent and viscosity enhancers and and oxidizers, and if you were to mix two of those, you would end up throwing the oil out of spec. Because no, okay. you're actually mixing from two. I, I want to tell you, uh, there's nothing on the semi-synthetic market that bothers me at all. I just wish they would let us know if it was really 50-50 or 90-10. The semi-synthetic yeah. is, is such a small window. It's between five and 7,500 miles. So, for instance, but I've if you got... Noticed they... Go ahead. you notice they do call it synthetic blend now? Yes. Yeah, and, and that's a marketing strategy. But, again, they're not willing, prepared, they're not capable, and they're not willing to tell you what the blend is. So yeah. in my shop, we're really tailing off a semi-synthetic. We're either going to put you in a conventional or we're going to put you in a synthetic oil. And we're going to right, skip right. that middle that middle oil for those reasons. It's difficult to explain, and the marketing guys for those major oil companies are not going to be forthcoming with information. So, oh, but, one other thing, I just had a little anecdote about a, an antique car show I went to. Uh huh. I got thrown out, and uh, I don't know why. It was an antique car show. I walked in, and uh, all I said is, "Hey, fellas, what's new?" <laughs> You know, I got thrown out of a of a of a fair one time. You remember the guy that had the six cylinder engine and it was running, and he grabbed all the spark plugs and killed the motor. No, I don't remember that. You ever see that? No, it's true. Is it? Yeah. What what I didn't understand was is there was somebody over here with a foot pedal, and as soon as he started to touch the spark plugs, then he killed the motor himself. I see. But and and I figured that out because I could see this harness was going someplace where it was over there to a foot feet of his buddies. Right. So I got I got tossed out of the fair. But anyway, <laughs> Bobby, thank you very much, Nick. How can I help you, buddy? Hello. Hi. Oh, this is Nick. Hi, hi, Nick. This is Mark. Go right ahead, sir. Thank you for holding. Hey, Mark. Um, I have a 7.3, and uh, the service engine soon light comes on every time the engine reaches normal operating temperature, which is somewhere between a quarter and a half on the gauge. 
Okay. Can, Nate, what, what year is it, the 7.3? It's an 01 on an F-350. Okay. Do you notice any drivability symptoms when it does that? Does it run uh, You can it feel it to... kind of surge when the light comes on. There's a little surge. Okay. And uh, it still runs good. Even with the service engine, soon I can stick my foot in that thing. It takes off like a jackrabbit. Okay. Um, so I don't know. So what, what causes that light to come on? Is it temperature? Is it something else? Is it maybe um, glow plugs or something like that? No, glow plugs would be the instant you turn the key on. You should have a light at that point. Um, it sounds to me like you have a high-pressure oil side issue and the temperature of the oil or the viscosity it's running may tend to cause well not cause but something's happening with the oil at a certain pressure and a certain temperature that causes the engine not to like it and throw a light at you hmm. okay because um, i recently put a new hpop uh temperature sensor on it and also changed the uh, the water temperature sensor and they're both the same sensor as far as i can tell okay but i want to ask a question okay, let me butt in for a minute why can't that thermo? He said he's running a quarter to a half. Right. Why couldn't that thermostat be stuck wide open, and and we're struggling with with getting the motor up to operating temperature? Seven three didn't care, so it didn't care. Didn't care. Now your coolant temperature sensor is only for the gauge on that truck. It, it does nothing for oh. the computer. The uh-huh. oil temp sensor uh, is very heavy in the drivability of that truck. So if it's seeing an oil temp issue, or if you have a frayed wire on the connector or something. That I could see definitely throwing a light at you. Hmm, um, okay, but so I could check the wiring on there and see if it's uh, not connected or something. Sure, sure. Did you put a Ford sensor on it, or was it something aftermarket? Uh, it was not a Ford sensor. Okay, it was a but uh, a Bendix or something like that. I can't remember. Okay, some aftermarket one I bought on eBay. Okay, well that may be your answer too, for what it's worth. Oh. So, Okay. Um, well, I've got, yeah, an, I've got an extra sensor. I could always swap that out. <laughs> yes. It, and, and while you're doing it and you have two of them in your hand, take your own meter and just kind of hit some of the terminals and just see what kind of resistance value you have with the, with the two okay. terminals. So terminal one to the, to the housing of the switch, which is the ground, and then do the other side and just see if they're both the same because the ambient temperature of both of them should pretty much be the same. But, yeah, as but, long as they're both, they're both they're both the same temperature at the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah at the yeah. time. So, but you would, yeah. Okay. I, but I, well, um, this, I think you're on the right well, track. Well, one thing too uh, that I forgot to mention is that when I, I bought the truck at an auction and it had a, an engine fire, I replaced a lot of wiring and hoses and uh, stuff like that. And uh, maybe I missed a wire. Maybe it's cooked somehow somewhere that, down the line. That could be entirely possible. Now, um, can, can we take um, our scanner and plug into this 7.3 and look at some of those parameters to sure. see if all those signals are there? Sure. So, well, approximately, well, what does that I cost? If, if, if you're, well, I, go ahead. I, I actually have a scanner. I don't know if it works on the 7.3, but I have a pretty good scanner. Okay, well, a scanner and a and a code reader and stuff like that are, are, are those are we have inform, we have we have scanners we have proprietary equipment that we're going to plug in and we're going to see numbers and you have to know if the number's good. You have to be smart yeah, enough to yeah. know if his number's good. So when you look at serial stream data, you better know what you're looking at to see good or bad. Right. That's why I, I ask you, well, you could look at the serial stream data and tell quickly. Yeah, that was my next comment well, is, do you have anything that you could monitor this truck with to look at the engine oil temp? Because it'll be blatantly obvious if there's a problem with that sensor, you know. Uh, yeah, well, my, my, my scanner does show, um, you know, all the, all the, you know, the, all the, all the readings, you know, live readings on it. 
Okay. So if I know what to look for, I guess I could, I've got the book. I can look it up, I guess. But well, shouldn't, um, shouldn't the oil and the and the cooling system be pretty close to one another? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, there, there's your first parameter right there, and then air intake. Oh. You can certainly okay. in, yeah. introduce air intake into that mix and determine what the air intake is. Is it really cold, but everything else is hot, or is everything hot together? Right. So you have all those different parameters that are, are part of just right. understanding this, the serial stream data that you're collecting from your 7.3. Uh, so is there any way I can, is there any way I can, I can if I unplug the wire from the HPOP temperature sensor, is there some way to check the wiring by by using my, like my digital oil meter or something like that to see if it's connected to anything? So I mean, is like one wire grounded and the other wire come from the from the uh, from the computer or something like that? You're going to have to get a wiring diagram to figure that out. And and, and the answer is yes. <laughs> You're going to do what we're going to do. We're going to go to the end of it, and we're going to work backwards and make sure that we have a solid connection all the way to where the bus connects to the PCM. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, but, so, so if it's not connected, then why does the light come on when it reaches operating temperature? We'll, we can answer that question once we fix the truck. <laughs> I see. <laughs> and, and we can't answer it until we fix the truck. Yeah. I mean that's part of right, the, right. part of fixing it. So I I got I got go, I got to run. But thank you, and I'm okay. I'm sorry I'm sorry, Bobby. But you if or Nick. But if you have a comment, go ahead and finish up because I've got another minute or two that I got you. To, uh, the the biggest key is looking at that sensor and seeing what happens at the temperature range you're describing. If if it's at 100 what? degrees I'm, and it all of a sudden goes to 60, there's the problem. Uh, um, okay, there could also yeah, be yeah, a, yeah. there could also be an ICP sensor issue. That could be temperature-related. Those things react at different times. Um, Describe ICP. Injection control pressure. Okay. So it's looking at the HPOP pressure that runs the motor. Yeah. Um, right, right, right. Between this new sensor okay. you put in and the uh, ICP, that could be two of the problems or areas right there. Where's where the ICP sensor? Is it on the is it on the, is it on the, the, uh, the, the, the HPOP reservoir? No, the sensor, if you go from that oil temp sensor to the right side of the motor on the front of the cylinder head there, looking at, uh-huh. so you put your right hand down, there's going to be a three-wire sensor right there in the front of the motor. That's your ICP oh. sensor. But and if is you go buy one, you'll know what it looks oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what we do. Well, could, could, yeah, well, well could, could that ICP sensor be the problem? Could be the problem. Could Absolutely. Okay. Okay, because I haven't messed with that at all. So it's on the front of the right cylinder head, passenger side. But knowing okay. you got a couple of things going on here, especially if you just put that sensor in and now you got this issue, I would start with that EOT sensor first and then and then go from there. Right. right and and, right. and and off the top of your head, Nate, if this comes into the shop, where's the bid going to be on the diagnostic part? Because here's what we say: I don't know how long it's going to take me to find it, and there's a chance that I could fix it. It cost me 110 to get there and ten dollars to fix it, or a thousand to fix it. So you you just don't know. But it's it's that, it's for us. It's 149 for normal diagnostics. If we find it and we can fix it for that, we'll do it. Um, we have we have a three three hundred dollar electrical charge. So in your case, you mentioned fire. You know, if there is wiring issues, we would let you know. Hey, this is going to go to the extent of 300 because we got to access a harness. We got to put, put right. wire in there. We got to repair it, solder it, whatever we got to do. So. Okay. That's the range you're looking at, Sounds at least, good. you know. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Nick. Thank you, and thank you for waiting as long as you did to talk to us. Nate, the, the hard part of the diagnostic is, is it seems to me that that's the one word I hear more every day than I've ever heard before, and it has to do with the number. And none of us, and I try to explain to people, you're asking me how much is it going to cost you 
how much are you going to charge me to build my swimming pool? But I don't know how big and how much rock and if you've got a gate and if i got yeah. to dig it by hand. Yeah. The, the problem with the diagnostic is, is we all have to guess at the number. Now, I'm going, to get, I'm, I'm going to tell you that we guess high. We just guess high because we'd rather come in low. Absolutely. So Absolutely. we're going to go a little higher than yeah. we normally would, because, but, but we don't know. So it's, kind of, it's, it's, it's no different than asking your doctor or your veterinarian a question that they can't answer. What's it going to take for you to tell me why my horse's foot hurts? It's going to take some x-rays, and it's going to take a physical examination, and we're going to do blood work, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. Yeah. Can't and tell I, over the phone. And, and yeah, and it's not yeah. anything. Unless, of course, if I t- lift up his hoof and find out that somebody drove a 16-penny nail through his foot because uh, they didn't have the right uh, horseshoe uh, nails, then I, I can I can fix that pretty quick. Right. But the diagnostic is a difficult thing, and it's get it's not getting easier. It's getting worse. Right. And and the problem I'm finding is is that we're seeing. Some facilities, especially in the parts arena, that the code is directly related to the repair. So if you have an idle air control motor code, then they're going to sell you an idle air control motor. How often, in your case, is the code directly related to the sensor that it's pointing at? Uh, Half, maybe. Half. I would say the same thing. Yeah. Half the time. Yeah. It's a bad connection. It's a bad ground. It's it. it there's a, a variety of reasons. Not too long ago, we had a coolant sensor problem, and, and, and he said, you know, we've replaced the coolant sensor. Well, we take the coolant sensor out of the hole, and there's so much rust and trash around it that the bulb part of the coolant sensor never touched the coolant inside right. the coolant jacket. Right. Holy, you know, how many how many people have been involved in this car? Right. How many people pulled the sensor out and looked inside? So, so the idea is now what are you going to do? Well, you've got to pull the intake off and clean out the backside of that hole exactly. and get that sensor to start talking. Yep. So uh, it's a difficult thing. It's a, the diagnostic money is one of those things that wads up my underwear quite a bit because there's no real good answer. So um, I, there's some shops that are saying, hey, I'm just going to 250 and I'm going to be a hero almost every time. Right. Some of the guys are saying, no, I'm going to go to 300 or 350 and I'm going to be a bigger hero than you are. So I like the idea that we're going to bid high and come in low if that's what our staff ultimately does. Right. And they're supposed to do that. They're supposed to. Give the customer the benefit of the doubt and charge them the fair amount. Yeah. But on the other hand, we both of us know that our industry, there are people in our industry that can't be trusted with that responsibility. And we've seen them come and go. Yep. And we've seen and we, and they've worked for us at times. Yep. And so we we kind of know what they look like, they sound like, they talk like, they smell like, we know. So those are the it. Nate at Strictly Diesel, um, certainly one of the, if not the most, let me just tell you this. When I have a diesel question, I call Nate. I have the accessibility to call lots of other diesel guys, but Nate, because he does the Duramax, does he does the, the, the Dodge, and does he does the Ford, and he goes back to the 7.3, um, he's my guy. I'm not quite sure he's going to take your calls, but he will probably answer some emails. So what's your email address? Nate at StrictlyDiesel.com. Or if you call and leave a message, I will return it. Okay. So. Those are the issues that uh, that can help you out. But thank you for spending your Saturday with me. It's always it's a great. lot of fun to do a diesel show. Yeah. And and you know why? Because I learned from you. <laughs> and I learned from you and a guest, so it's, it's all good. No, that's, that's right. That's yeah. right. And we both have daughters that are in the business world. And um, they're both going taking slightly different things and stuff. I, I hope for you, and you hope for me, and we're hopefully maybe the the, the girls will step up exactly, and, uh, yeah. and and we'll see what happens. But they do good. Mark at MarkSalem.com. Mark 
at MarkSalem.com. Mark Salem is our website. You're welcome to stop there and visit. We're in Tempe, but the show isn't about my shop. It's about your car problems, and that's the reason the show's been around since 1988 in the Phoenix market. So Mark at MarkSalem.com. Thank you. God bless you. And Wear your seatbelt, please. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.